What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Today, we are talking about something that doesn't really get talked about a lot. So brace yourself. If you've been a Christian for some time, you might have found yourself in a room where you are one of few or maybe the only Christian there. So you know how it goes. People are polite, but they don't really engage in conversations that could lead to you potentially judging them, air quotes, or worse, trying to convert them, air quotes, okay? If you've ever felt lonely or outcasted for being bold about your faith and putting your trust in Jesus, this episode is for you. You don't need anything. All you need is yourself. Get ready. Let's do it. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party. And let's dig into today's episode. Okay, so I remember when I was first saved, I didn't have a drop of discernment in me. (laughs) And I was dabbling with new age stuff that I didn't even know was new age because I wasn't in the word. And it was one of those things, right? You just kind of learn as you go. And the deeper you get into scripture and the more you get to know God, the more you understand what he doesn't like. So that was a process. And Thank God for grace and mercy and forgiveness because Lord knows I have repented of those things, of those ways, of those habits, of those beliefs, and really just run after Jesus. And still, he's doing a full work in me. But the transformation didn't really start to happen until I got into the Word. So I was still accepted and mostly called spiritual. I don't know if you know what that means, but you know, I was called spiritual and I was still saying things like the universe and your truth, like, you know, whatever your truth is, you know, I remember thinking about things in terms of what was appropriate for a person based on what they believed. And I, I just left a lot of room for things to be whatever a person wanted I'm not the same way now, but I just want to make it clear. I'm not out here assigning my beliefs to other people and making it into a situation where if you don't believe what I believe, you know, there's judgment or condemnation. I don't believe that. I think that if you are not Christian, I don't expect you to believe the things that I believe. I don't expect you to believe that the Bible is true, um, that it is the inerrant inspired word of God. And If you are a Christian, then you know that I'm open to having conversations about theology and those kinds of conversations, right? But I'm, you know, I'm only going to have those kind of conversations where I'm telling a sister or a brother in Christ, like, hey, maybe you want to reconsider what you're doing because, you know, the Lord doesn't like that. I'm only going to say that to my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not going to be out here 
telling people to repent of their sins if they don't even think that they're sinning because they're not Christian. So coming back to the point, I was widely accepted in all rooms of all houses because people still felt like I wasn't moving beyond the boundary for them of being judgy or even talking about things in with terms like sin, things like that, right? And to be honest, thinking back to it, I was saved in December of 2012. Yo, I got into a same-sex relationship not six, seven, eight months later. I started seeing a woman and I, I was dating her for almost a year. So, you know, I was definitely not in the word at that time. Um, and if I was, it wasn't landing. Okay. Then when I started to really dig into the word, maybe the last six, seven years, um, and especially when I began to study it more seriously and dissect it and read commentary and start to learn more about everything, 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 even getting into theology, all of that, but really just diving into the word and looking to better understand God not so much get into the theology of things, that was a byproduct of that, but I really wanted to know God. I started to see what he didn't like. I'll never forget, I was in 2 Samuel, and I was pregnant with my daughter. I was reading the the part of 2 Samuel, and I don't know exactly where to point you right now, but basically this part of 2 Samuel, Saul, was he had already cast out all of the mediums and all of the um, like people who talk to spirits, I forget what they're called. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't remember the word. What is it called? Psychics. So like mediums and psychics and stuff like that. He had cast them out and then he goes and finds one and he asks this lady to summon Samuel and Samuel's like, what are you doing? You know, like it was because God didn't like that. And it occurred to me at that time, yo, I can be getting down with any type of like contacting spirits or trying to figure out the future, or any of the psychic stuff like this. This isn't the stuff that God wants me to get into. You know, if I'm going to fully trust him, I can't be seeking feedback from spirits that I don't even know are good spirits. And hello, the only good spirit is the Holy Spirit. So what does that say? You know? But that didn't happen until I was in the word. And to be honest, the word transformed me. And it really led to changes that were noticeable over time. And with that, I went from being the spiritual girl to being the religious girl. And in some cases, I was left out of conversations, thank God. And even, you know, not invited to events or to be part of whatever, fill in the blank. I know recently, no shade to my family, I love them so much. I was with my family in Jersey, my grandpa had passed, and we were in my grandma's living room, a bunch of us. My family is huge. If you know my family, on any given day when we're all getting together, it could be like upwards of 40 people, and that's just, you know, it's just because there's so many of us. That's not even everyone. But there was a bunch of us in the sala, and we were all sitting there talking, and the conversation came up about, I don't remember what, but it had to do with the Bible. And I was like, okay, well, the I said something about the Bible. And immediately there was tension in the room. And it was like the rebuttal from someone else who says that they love God and 
believe in God. I don't really know what God means to them, to be honest. I haven't gone down that <laughs> that path, but they shut me down and they were like, well, the Bible was written by a bunch of men and this and this and that. And I was like, I mean, I couldn't even get a word in, to be honest, because number one, I wasn't looking to be arguing, right? But number two, I knew just from how they were responding to me or reacting, better said, they were not open to it and they weren't trying to go down that path, right? Because they're not, like I said before, they're not trying to be judged and they're not trying to be converted. If they wanted to be Christian, wouldn't they be Christian already? Um, I have a thought about that, but I'm not going to go there today. Not today. So with that said, it can be lonely. You can potentially be the only Christian in the room. You might be called the religious girl and you're not even religious, right? Like religious means something totally different to people who are not Christian, people who are thinking about Christianity or really anything, you know, on the same level as everything else that involves God or some larger being. And I'm just looking up right now what religious actually means. Religious means relating to or believing in a religion. And if we just break that down to what religion is, religion is defined as the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. So that's the Oxford Dictionary definition. And by definition, Christianity is a religion, but it's not rooted in religiosity. It's rooted in relationship. Like If we think back to Abraham in the book of Genesis, we see that it wasn't religion that drove him, but it was a relationship, a personal relationship with God. And we see that manifest in the lives of all others who are in relationship with God. Think about David. David's own wife played him, played him, was basically telling him like he shouldn't have been, he was like out frolicking in the courtyards, right? And he was worshiping God and she was making fun of him. She was not, you know, she didn't share his faith and she was coming up against him and trying to ridicule him. And he was not having it because he knew who he served. And it was not based on this belief system. It wasn't based on a system of worship and belief. It was based on a relationship that allowed his belief, his trust to grow. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let George Joy Podcast Production and Management Services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message George Joy at facebook.com forward slash George Joy. And guess what? The link is in the show notes. All right, back to the show. And so with that, I just want to encourage you and remind you that this isn't happening. You're not outcasted because you're Christian. 
it's not a personal thing, right? Like maybe you are outcasted because you're Christian. Let's call it what it is. Yes, that's sometimes and many times what happens. But the problem is not you. The problem is said by Jesus himself. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. And I'm going to break that down real fast. There's two words that I focused on today. The Greek word for world is cosmos, and it has a few meanings associated with it. The first meaning that stood out to me was the world or the universe. So the very universe that other people are thanking for all of their quote-unquote blessings and all of the ways that things are coming to fruition for them, that is the same universe that hated Jesus before it hated us, okay? The other definitions or meanings that are associated with it are the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God. And I want to pause there. When you think about what that means, alienated from God, we know that sin separates us from God. So it is an entire mass of men who are in sin. And therefore, this is the rest of that particular meaning, and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. So I'm going to read that in its entirety without interrupting. My bad. The ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. Think about Paul. That man killed Christians and overnight he was a Christian. He was hostile to the cause of Christ. He hated Christians. And then he met Jesus. And wasn't he transformed? Didn't he become the biggest advocate of Jesus Christ? Didn't he become the guy who evangelized and who led so many to know Jesus by the grace of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit on his life? Other meanings associated with the word world or cosmos, the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, etc., which allow hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire, seduce from God, and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. So not hostile to the cause of Christ, but obstacles, right? So the world, that word cosmos, is all those things which are obstacles to the cause of Christ. Now the word for hates, the Greek word for hates, is meseo. And that means to hate or to pursue with hatred or to detest. If the world hates you, if the universe detests you, if the whole mass of men who are in sin detest you or pursue you with hatred, know that it hated me. It pursued me with hatred first before it hated you. It detested me before it detested you. The reason Christianity is a problem is because it tells people that they are wrong. People don't like to be told that they're wrong. People don't like to be corrected. I think about my toddler. She does not like when I tell her she did something wrong. She puts his face on and she like turns her chin toward her right shoulder every time. Just picture it. She puts a frumpy face and she says, no, 
and she like turns her chin downward as if she's going to touch her chest with it and then toward her shoulder and she has her frumpy eyebrows and she looks at me like she hates me and she just says no mommy other things she says I don't like you. I'm not your mommy anymore. She doesn't really understand what she's saying because she's trying to say I'm not your daughter anymore. You know, but you get it. There's this carnal reaction she's having to the correction she does not want because she wants to do what she wants to do. And that is continuing on into adulthood with adults who are far from God and who don't want to be near anyone who does accept correction from God because they might be subject to that correction or at least the criticism that might lead to a recommendation for correction. So, it's not you. Understand that the world hated Jesus before it hated us. And even though you might have an intellectual understanding of this, I know that it doesn't make as much of a difference if you still feel lonely. Like, oh, that's great, (laughs) Erica, but... I still feel like crap. I don't want to be at family events because I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want to be criticized. You might be the one who's persecuted, right? We know that that's going to happen too. So what do you do? Well, the first thing is know that you're not an outcast. You are a daughter of the king. And what I just wrote in my newsletter, if you're not in Uh, on the email list and you have no idea what I'm talking about but if you are check your email because I sent out my newsletter just now at 10 o'clock at night and I said that all of the things that we go through all of the ways that we are suffering now all of the things that make us feel anxious or lonely or just exhausted all those things come with the territory on this side of eternity But the glory and the power that await us on the other side of eternity are guaranteed to be worth it. No more suffering or sorrow, friends. Just perfect, joyful, peaceful living. But that doesn't come when you put your trust in the universe. That comes when you put your trust in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation, you never let me down. And so, if, you know, I just, if you're new here, I just burst out in worship, you should know. And if you didn't know, now you know. But for real, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like an outcast, you're not an outcast. Maybe in this world you are, but what awaits you on the other side of eternity doesn't even compare to right now like this is nothing you know paul said i count my suffering as joy because he knew what was on the other side he met jesus have you so i have two invitations if you need to get rooted in the truth read your bible but for real i invite you to dive into firm foundations it's a free course that i created literally in the middle of chemo by the grace of god And he helped me to design it to help you build on the unshakable truth of your identity, your purpose, and your calling in Christ. I firmly believe, no pun intended, I believe that if you are firm in your identity, in the reason you were created, and who you are called to be, how you are called to live, as a Christian, 
nothing else matters. Nothing else even compares to that. The second invitation is for those of you who are looking for community. We were designed to do life together and to be in fellowship with one another. So I invite you to head over to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community to join the free Facebook group where I lead an in-depth Bible study every few months and where we just chill. We just hang out, talk whenever you feel like talking. If you don't feel like it, that's okay. But it's a safe space. So I invite you to join me there. And if you are already there, pop in and say, what's up? Tag me, at me. I realized I didn't give you the link for the Firm Foundations mini course. It should only take you like an hour. But if you're like me, it could take a little longer because I like to really dig into stuff. But to find that, go to herrenewstrength.com and click on courses. If you put herrenewstrength.com forward slash courses, it actually won't take you anywhere. You have to click the word courses and then you'll be routed to Teachable, which is where the course is hosted. Join, make an account. It's free. You don't have to do anything. I pay for everything. You're good. So I hope I'll see you there, whether it's inside of Firm Foundations or inside of the Facebook group or inside both. And I just pray for y'all. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.